Now, we're not going to be about, you know, slogans and all this, whatever it may, it may be. Um, the best player going to play, you know, the toughest dude going to play, and uh, ain't no fluff. How bad is number two on it? Calvin Ridley for six. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Heads Up Podcast, your source for all things Falcons-related and the official Atlanta Falcons podcast of the Fan-Sided Network. And I've got to open this episode up with a sincere apology. I know that we have not put out an episode in like two weeks uh, but I've been doing a lot of traveling, a uh, little bit of personal travel and a whole lot of business travel. I went to Vegas about two weeks ago uh, for three days with my woman and two of our closest friends. And um, it was uh, three days, but it felt more like three weeks. Them days uh, seemed pretty long in those dark casinos with no windows. Um, but uh, did that. And then this past week, I've been uh, traveling for work. Uh, spent my time in four different states over five days. Uh, so it was extremely busy with that and just I honestly had not had the opportunity to record. But we're back. I got no trips uh, planned for the uh, for the remainder of the season from what I can see. Uh, so we should have at least one episode uh, every week for the rest of the season and so forth. So um, fired up for that. Not too fired up to talk about what we have to talk about today. Depends on what perspective you want to look at it from. We're going to talk about the loss against the Washington football team. Uh, 30-34, to the Falcons come up short. Uh, but we're going to get into that. We're going to break down this game. Uh, we're going to break down every score in this game. We're going to break down the stats offensively and defensively. So we got a lot to talk about here, so let's jump into it. We all hate when we lose our balls in the rough on the golf course. Well, imagine how your girl feels with all those pubes around your pearls. It's a bad look, bro. She does not like it no matter how much she pretends she's okay with it. That's why I'm telling you about Manscaped.com. You've seen the ads and the commercials before. They are the top provider for all your trimming needs to make sure you never nick those pearls down below. They've got a brand new lawnmower 4.0 made specifically for a comfortable trim. This is top of the line stuff, guys. Get the performance package, and I can get you 20% off and free shipping using the code FANSIDED20. Inside this package, you'll get their lawnmower 4.0, weed whacker for those annoying ear and nose hairs that you get, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxers, and you're going to get a travel bag. Uh, to hold all the ball stuff that you've got there in. Now, you're only going to get this deal here at the Heads Up Falcons podcast. So, go to manscaped.com, use that code I told you about, FANSIDED20, for 20% off and free shipping. All right, guys, so before we get into breaking down this game, the details of the game, the stats, all the takeaways, and all the different things like that, I want to put up a little disclaimer whether you're a regular listener or you're a new listener or whatever it may be, because I've been listening to the radio, been seeing on all the social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all these crazy hot takes and everybody freaking out. This is not, uh, at this point right now, this is not a place where you're going to find crazy hot takes talking about you know, firing head coaches and coordinators, 
um, cutting players, trading players, or the the newest one I've seen now is that Arthur Smith, uh, excuse me, Arthur Blank needs to uh, sell the team and they need to go in a completely new direction with new ownership and everything. This is a new regimen uh, that is cash-strapped, that is in a really shitty situation. Four weeks into the season, dealing with a bunch of makeshift journeyman players that they had to go out and sign to try to make this thing work to the best that they can make it look right now. Um, This is a team overall that's dealing with a bunch of shitty variables. They're learning a new offense. Uh, They've got below average players all around them because the team can't afford to go out and find other players. As much as this, you know, the biggest mistake that Arthur Smith ever made was saying that this was not a rebuild. Whatever he wanted to call it, whatever he wanted to say, he probably just should have not said anything on that. I think that's the biggest issue from a fan perspective is people, you know, believe that this was not a rebuild. And I, I was one, I was bought in a little bit. Now I realize that this is, that's just not the case. We just don't even, we don't have the players to do that. But this is, this, all this crazy talk about firing people and cutting people and trading people. It's, we're four weeks into the season, guys. Relax, relax. We knew that this was going to be tough. We knew that this was going to not, this was, we knew this wasn't going to be a great season. Best case scenario, most people had 10 wins. I was one of the people I said, look, maybe we can go out there and go 10 and 7. Maybe that's possible. With Matt Ryden leading the helm, um, a couple games like this where you win. I mean, we lost 30 to 34. Your quarterback threw four touchdowns, you know, no interceptions. That's a game you should win. Didn't win it. Um, but we knew this was going to be a tough, we knew this was going to be tough. So everybody, you're getting a little bit wild at four weeks into the season and calling for firing people and trading people and cutting and all this crazy stuff like that. So you're not going to see any hot takes like that. At this point, it's where I'm at. I accept the fact that this team is is not a very good team. They just went out there, battled hard, and competed. There were some boneheaded moves, some stupid things that we saw. But overall, decent performance from our Falcons um, against another shitty team. So two shitty teams went at it, and we were we were in the game towards the end. Um, there's some things that could have went different. We'll talk about that, but we were in it, so I can deal with that. Right now, I'm in the mindset I am. I, I, we're going to talk about this. We're going to break it down. We're not going to have any crazy hot takes, and then we're going to be onward uh, to London to face the Jets at 9:30 a.m. Eastern time, uh, which is dumb to me. I hate that. I mean, I love it for you. Know, I, I know I got a lot of UK listeners. Um, and I love it. I love that you guys get to go and see the games, but it's just very abnormal for us American folk to wake up that early to watch a game. Um, but let's get into this. Let's talk about the game. So first points came at around seven minutes left in the first quarter with a 25-yard field, field goal from Young Way Koo. We were driving. The offense looked solid. Um, I, I, I remember sitting there thinking, damn, like we're doing it. We're looking all right right now, especially against a team that has a pass rush like the Redskins. Um, then we uh, Falcons go up 10-0 with a 42-yard pass to Corderell Patterson, uh, which was really a blown coverage uh, by Washington, so I'm not putting too much stock in that. But if you want to credit it to something, you could say that it was a good offensive call uh, that caught uh, Washington off guard. And they uh, they blew the coverage. So we go up 10-0 um, in the first quarter. 
the football team uh, responds with a deep ball of their own uh, to McLaurin uh, for a 33-yard TD that Eric Harris just whiffs. He whiffs on it. All he had to do is extend his arms. Um, I will say other than that, Eric Harris had a pretty solid game in coverage um, and playing around the box and all the different things that he did. He looked pretty solid in the game. Uh, but that put us at 10-7. With 2.04 left, Washington gets a two-yard TD run from Antonio Gibson. Um, and that puts them at 13-10 because uh, they missed the extra point. With two minutes left in the second quarter, uh, Matty Ice drives down the field. Um, that was It gave me some good nostalgia to see him drive down in two minutes. But drives down the field with two minutes left. Scores on an underneath pass to what felt like the elite Quarterell Patterson uh, for a 15-yard touchdown, and he made some nasty juke moves um, to uh, to get that score and get it in the end zone. That puts us at 17-13. Uh, then the second half, normal boneheaded Falcons woes begin. Third quarter opens up uh, with a kick return for a TD. Um, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and just put this one all on Richie Grant. Richie Grant was showing his awesome second-round talent uh, with a great missed tackle to let it rip open. Um, and that puts Washington at 1917 because Washington can't make an extra point to save their life in this game. Um, 11 minutes left in the third quarter. Falcons turn around and score a TD on a pass to Patterson uh, for a 13, kind of a 13-yard uh, TD kind of fade route uh, to the end zone. And this was... This was something that I wanted to uh, to get in the details with. So I talked about this um, when I broke down Arthur Smith uh, Arthur Smith's offense. I talked about how when he gets into the red zone, he likes to run that empty set, which is really unusual. Um, but it was an empty set, no running backs back there, five receivers out wide, uh, which is something that he loves to do. Man, he do, he did it a lot in Tennessee, and it's been extremely successful. But um, it's it's rolling on over here, so. You know, we t- talked about this a minute ago. There, there were some signs of progression in this game. There were some you saw some things that you really, really liked if you were paying attention to it, and that's a sign of solid scheming right there. This is something that he does. That's kind of his thing. Um, it's kind of really kind of a new school thing. But him and you know Sean McVay does a lot of this, and Shanahan was kind of a uh, a guy that's been doing that too. Um, Matt Lafleur over in Green Bay. So that whole new school type offense, if you will, uh, that really Kyle Shanahan has has really put out there for uh, and made popular, but um, it's a new school thing, and that 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 is something that we were that was successful in Tennessee. When you look at Arthur Smith's film and you're studying him and you're looking at the things that he does great, this was one of those, and it was successful. Um, so that's just a sign there. You're looking, at, you got to you got to try to find those little things that are progression. Uh, especially at this point in the season and where we're at, um, you know. At, then at five, yeah, five thirty-five left in the third quarter, uh, Washington had a third and goal, and Dean Pease drew up a nasty uh, coverage blitz. So this was kind of a non-scoring play here um, that I wanted to talk about. But he brought Eric Harris off the edge and absolutely lit up uh, Heineke. And Deron Harmon showed blitz. So they had, this is one of the, we talked about this before too, and Dean Pease talking about breaking down his defensive scheme. Likes to crowd that line of scrimmage, and this is an example of that. Had both safeties up at the line of scrimmage. Brought Eric Harris off the edge. 
Deron Harmon kind of faked the blitz, kind of a, a and then dropped back into coverage. Um, all the corners were in man coverage, and it was almost a pick um, on a third and goal call. Um, so that stopped them from scoring a touchdown. Um, it was it put us at 23-22. But on that play, um, just a beautiful defensive play call in that situation. You go back and watch the play. Um, again, that's at 535 left in the third quarter. And they never stood a chance um, at scoring a touchdown on that play. There was nobody open. Um, perfect coverage, perfect play call in the perfect situation. Uh, start of the fourth quarter, Matt Ryan dumps it out to Mike Davis for a seven-yard TD after driving down the field, and this was all Davis. Probably the one good thing that you saw from him the entire game. Uh, broke like four tackles on that seven-yard TD. Caught it at about the 12, 13-yard line uh, and broke four tackles uh, to run it in for a touchdown, 30-22. Everybody in the stadium is feeling good right now. We're all hyped up. You're feeling like you can win this game, and you should with the way that the momentum is going and the feeling and the vibe in the stadium, uh, players were hyped up, fans were hyped up. Uh, you just felt like this was one. This was a game that we had in the bag. Um, 404 left in the fourth quarter. The old Falcons collapse action begins right here. Taylor Heineke almost gets sacked by Fowler. Okay, so you got the, again getting that hope up. Oh God, we're gonna do it, and then he gets flung to the ground. Um, Taylor Heineke runs around back there like a knucklehead and then tosses it up without a single fuck given. And the ball is in the air for like 25 seconds. TJ Green, safety turned cornerback uh, that Dean Pease was bragging on last week, uh, just lets Terry McLaurin just run in front of him and catch the ball and comes down with it. 30-28 uh, as they fell on another conversion. This was a two-point conversion because uh, Washington can't do conversions. Um, then the Falcons... Get extremely conservative, and this was probably the dumbest thing that I saw the entire game. Um, we have a three and out uh, when it matters most. Um, no Patterson uh, is out there, the guy that's been going off all game. Even Wayne Gallman was playing pretty well out there, our third string running back. Mike Davis was probably the worst out of the backfield that we had the entire game uh, from a running and passing. You know, other than that one pass catch, he had two pass catches. Um, one of them was the touchdown that we just talked about earlier. And then other than that, it was another one for like a yard or something like that. And, um, he got the ball on first down for a run. He got the ball on second down for a run. And then on third down, he got the ball again, uh, which makes no fucking sense. Uh, this, you know, you're, the player that was struggling the most out of everybody on that offense got the ball three times on the most important drive of the game where you had to have a first down. And they gave him the ball every single time. I don't know how you don't have Patterson in there. I don't know how you don't go to Kyle Pitts, who was making catches all day long. I don't know how you don't maybe go to Hayden Hurst, a very reliable target. All of my Zacchaeus, I don't care. Anybody, but you're going to Mike Davis three times in a row who has struggled this entire game. It doesn't make any sense. Just a boneheaded move on a drive when it was very important. So before we get into these stats and takeaways, I want to say this. As much as that ending was just completely just disappointing and frustrating, this was a pretty good game. Uh, for us, from a progression standpoint, we you know comparatively to the previous games that we had, this looked a lot better. That you know, 
the the biggest thing that we were looking for going into this season was offensive progression, right? We wanted to see efficiency. We wanted to see some some red zone action. Our, our red zone percentages go up, and we started seeing those things this game. So it was frustrating. The ending was stupid. You're scratching your head. You don't know what the hell Arthur Smith is doing, but we saw progression here. The main takeaway that I have from this game, the most, you know, probably if I'm being the most critical and just disappointment that I had was dumb shit when it mattered most. Um, Number one, the kick return to start the second half. You can't let stuff like that happen. Um, That right there really could have flipped the game even worse from a momentum standpoint. Luckily, these guys rallied, stayed into it. The offensive, uh, the um, offensive side of the ball kept that energy, kept that firepower. Um, but that was just a, a, another just dumb move when when you can't let stuff like that happen. And then the second one was giving your worst player of the day the ball three times when you have to have a first down to win the game. That just makes no sense. I, I you know you sit there and you try to think like a coach and you try to give these coaches the benefit of the doubt because they know more than you. But that you know. They, they know about what's going on with the players more than you. They, they, they have a, a scheme in their head. They have things they're trying to do that they believe are going to work, that they've seen work in practice. And they've watched the game film, and they think they have this look versus this and that and the other. But given the, the worst player of the day, the ball three times when you needed a first down just makes no sense to me. I mean, let's see if I've got this written down here. Mike Davis had... Had 13 carries for 14 yards. That's 1.1 yard per carry. Makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, it was, it just, I will never understand how you do that. Cordero Patterson had six carries for 34 yards. That's 5.7 yards per carry. Wayne Gallman had six yards or six carries and 29 yards and 4.8 yards per carry. You don't, I mean, one of those guys just makes it sense. Hell, Matt, Matt Ryan had more rushing yards than Mike Davis. He had 17 yards on one carry, and Mike Davis had 14 yards on 13 carries. It just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, Anyways, we'll get into the offensive stats and takeaways right here. So passing yards, 275 passing yards. uh, Rushing yards, 99. Third down efficiency, 10 for 16. That's pretty solid. You expect to win games when your offense performs that way. Uh, time of possession, uh, 30 minutes and 43 seconds. So it's kind of split down the middle there with the Washington football team. Let's talk about some individual players here. Matt Ryan. Haters, how you feeling? Matt Ryan, 25 for 42, 283 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, one sack for eight yards, and a quarterback rating of... 111. So, you know, <laughs> I know y'all want to be, look, you can't be mad. I don't I don't give a shit what his playing style is or if he doesn't throw this or if he takes this or if he throws the ball away here, whatever it may be. I don't give a shit about any of that. If your quarterback throws four touchdowns and zero interceptions, you should win the game. You can say anything you want about Matt Ryan and what he does, but if you throw four touchdowns and zero interceptions, I don't give a shit who you are, you should win that game. That game, if a quarterback does that, is on anyone but the quarterback. And it's simple as that. I'm not going to get into all the weeds of things. It's just simple. That's just a fact. Anybody, 
any coach, any players around them would beg if their quarterback could go four touchdowns and zero interceptions. You're supposed to win that game. Simple as that. Running backs. Corderell Patterson, elite performance, had six carries, again, 34 yards, 5.7 yards per carry. He did his damage a lot through the air. We went through Wayne Gallman and Matt Ryan and then Mike Davis's horrible performance. Um, the running back room, I, you, I, you got to start feeding Corderell Patterson here. I, you know, there's, I think we're going to see a little bit of stubbornness from the coaches uh, from the standpoint of Mike Davis was the guy that you hired. He's supposed to be your lead dog. You paid him a two-year contract uh, that was decently generous. I think it's $8 million, so $4 million a year or something like that. Their, their expectation, and in their head, they want to be right. They want to be right about Mike Davis. This is the guy that we went out and got. We paid him the most money. Um, he should be the guy that's getting the carries and that should be uh, performing the best for us. I hope we don't see too much of that. You know, go ahead and feed Patterson and Wayne Gallman. Maybe Mike Davis just wasn't a match for the Washington uh, Redskins defense and the scheme that they had. Um, but Patterson and Gallman were certainly the guys that should have been getting the ball uh, the majority of the game. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Maybe Mike Davis comes out next week and has a stellar performance. Um, but right now, all eyes are on Patterson um, getting the ball, and Wayne Gallman's performance uh, wasn't too bad either. Receiving-wise... You got Corderell Patterson here with five receptions, 82 yards, um, 16.4 yards uh, per catch, and um, had three touchdowns in the game. Calvin Ridley, I, I don't know what's going on with him. He's dropping passes, and the thing that pisses me off the most about him is he looks terrified of contact. This is the second week in a row I've, I've seen him fall short of a first down when he probably could have got it with a little extra effort to avoid contact. Um, I don't know what's up with that. If he's avoid, you know, I, I'm all about protecting yourself, you know, making sure you don't get injured and all those different things like that. But this dude's, you know, you're hurt. He's hurting the team. There was, I think it was not this game, but the last where he caught it about five yards off from the first down, and the opposition, the other cornerback, was probably five yards past the first down, and he just ran it out of bounds, just jogged it out of bounds because he didn't want to get hit. It just makes no sense to me. You've got to uh, – he doesn't seem to have that dog in him. I don't know what's going on. I mean, he's, he's, he does a lot of uh, shaking head, and um, the demeanor of himself, the body language is negative. Uh, from him, so I'm not sure what's going on with Calvin Ridley, but that's something uh, to keep an eye on um, with him because he dropped, I think he dropped like three or four passes um, in the game uh, yesterday. So I mean, it's just kind of you're you're wondering, you know, this was his big time to shine, supposed to be wide receiver one, and he's not he's not putting forth the the best um, effort. Uh, for that standpoint. So it's a little bit of a concern, but he had a pretty decent showing. Uh, seven receptions, 80 yards, 11.4 yards uh, per catch there. And um, Kyle Pitts, four receptions, 50 yards, 12.5 yards uh, per carry. And he had um, nine targets. I'll go back to, so Calvin Ridley had 13 targets. And then Patterson had six targets. Hayden Hurst, 
finally got some action. I've been begging for this for a while. Uh, that 12 personnel and getting the tight ends involved was Arthur Smith's big major um, thing around him and what he likes to do with the offense. Uh, Hayden Hurst had four receptions, 29 yards, 7.3 yards per carry, and he had four targets. I want to see – you know, for me, the uh, this – you know, Matt Ryan being able to rely on tight ends is going to help him tremendously. And uh, there's a little bit of push and effort to get it to guys like, you know, Taji Sharp and, you know, Olamide Zacchaeus. I mean, just – I want to see you feed Calvin Ridley – Cordell Patterson, Kyle Pitts, and Hayden Hurst. Calvin Ridley had 13 targets. I would I would have liked to seen three or four of those go to Hayden Hurst. Uh, to me, that just makes more sense with this type of offense, the type of quarterback that Matt Ryan is um, running that 12 personnel. You, you know, Hayden Hurst starts on a lot of NFL teams today. Uh, Kyle Pitts obviously starts on most teams in the NFL today, other than about three or four. So you got both of these guys out there. You got to take advantage of these mismatches and the opportunities that are presented when you have two freak of nature. Uh, well, I wouldn't call Hayden Hurst a freak of nature, but a very talented tight end, and then a freak of nature in Kyle Pitts. So I just don't know if we're taking advantage of the personnel that we have, uh, you know, in the mismatches that we're seeing on defense with these tight ends and running that twelve personnel out there. But we'll see how that develops. Again, progression. We weren't seeing this. The past couple games, and now we're finally seeing it um, uh, in this past game here. So, got to see. You want to see that progression continue. You want to see those guys get fed a little bit more in these next games and be used in more strategic uh, manners. Um, on to the defense here. So the defense uh, just did not step up to the plate in the slightest bit whatsoever. They showed no ability uh, to make plays. Um, during the game and also when it mattered, uh, could not step up to the plate. And that's something that we're going to have to get used uh, to dealing with. Um, this offense is going to have to make up for that. And even when you felt like they did do that, it still wasn't enough to make up uh, for the defensive performance. Uh, Taylor uh, Heineken looked like an all-pro out there. 23 of 33, 290 yards and three touchdowns and no interceptions. We only got him one time for a sack. His passer rating was 127.1. Running-wise, Antonio Brown, or excuse me, Antonio Gibson, uh, 14 carries, 63 yards, 4.5 yards uh, per carry, and a TD. And then Taylor Heineke, he five carries, 43 yards. Another example, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, We did not force him to make passes that he did not want to make um when he had the when when the when the coverage was there the pass rush and the containment was not there and you just can't you can't play football that way our defense has to step up and get pressure on the quarterback they have to contain him when you have a makeshift secondary like we have um jd mckissick we held him in check from a run standpoint had seven carries 15 yards and 2.1. Uh, so the former Falcon did not show out too much against his former team. Receiving wise, uh, Terry McLaren, six receptions, 123 yards, 20 yards per reception, and two touchdowns. He tore that secondary up. JD McKissick had a heck of a game himself from a receiving standpoint, five receptions, 44 yards. And a TD, he had the game-winning reception. So maybe he did put it to us a little bit. Um, 
And then uh, rest of the guys there didn't show out too much from a receiving standpoint. Uh, but Taylor Heineke, he, he spread the ball around quite a bit. It looks like he got about nine different receivers, ten different receivers had receptions in the game. So uh, the secondary uh, was easily, uh, you know, the catalyst to the to the loss um, and not being able to um, uh, make anything or hold hold this hold this offense uh, in check at all. Um, but with that, you have to turn blame to the pass rush uh, because when this secondary is built, when this defense is built this way, um, you, if you're going to put all your, your journeymen out there at that defensive, um, in, in, in that defensive backland and in coverage, you have to have your uh, trenches and your outside linebackers, your edge folks, you have to have those guys get back to the quarterback, and we weren't doing that. Um, Dante Fowler, how I'd say he's doing better than he was in the previous year, did not get back there. Um, Grady Jarrett was decently held in check. He got some solid pressures and quarterback hits, uh, but nothing major. Um, and we just didn't get the pressure that we had to do. So we have to have that um, in these games if we're going to be successful. <laughs> Look at the players that we have here in the secondary. You've got Deron Harmon, you've got Eric Harris, and I'd say maybe Deron Harmon's probably the better of the two, although they both played decent games for themselves. But again, a decent game for them is really just not that good. And then you've got Fabian Moreau, A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell is obviously the, the best of the group. And you got Isaiah Oliver. So you've got one guy that you truly believe in out there, and the rest of these players are journeymen, below-average guys that are probably not going to be on this, this team in two or three years. Um, so you've designed this defense to have to rely on scheming and getting to the quarterback and confusing the quarterback. You're not going to win games if we can't get back to the quarterback. You absolutely, the name of this game, the tell of the tape, every single week is going to be getting the pass rush. If you don't do that, we're going to see the same exact result. You got 30 points, okay? Matt Ryan went out there and did his job. I didn't mention this earlier, but the offensive line, they showed up, did their job, blocked for Matt Ryan for the most part, allowed him to go out there and do what Matt Ryan does, and he was successful. I've, I've been saying that his entire career. If you give that guy protection, if you give him a pocket, he will provide the numbers for you to win. And he went out there and he did that. We, did, we didn't give enough credit to the offensive line in this episode. All those guys went out there. They held Chase Young in check this entire game. He got one pretty solid hit on Matt Ryan, and it was a penalty. It was kind of a bullshit penalty, but it was a penalty, and we got 15 yards out of it. So for the most part of this game, the offensive line stepped up, protected Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan did what he does best. Went out there, dissected the defense, found the open receivers, and did what he had to do to win the game, and we didn't have the defensive showing that we needed. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. So this is what we're going to have to do. Every single game, it's not fun. But I can guarantee you, if we get four or five sacks in a game, we will win that game. If we go out there, I'll, pull, I'll even pull back on the sacks. If we go out there and we get the if we get the proper amount of quarterback pressures and hits, we will win the game. Um, but this secondary, this defense is not built uh, for us to go out there and not get sacks. We will not win games that way. The secondary is too much of a liability, and we're going to struggle every single game if we do that. 
We had an opportunity, guys. And that's the important thing that you got to take away from this game. It was a hard-fought game, um, but we had an opportunity to win um, at the end. And overall, uh, with the roster that we have, the personnel that we have, you've got to be happy. Uh, other than a few dumb coverage plays from our secondary, the very odd and peculiar play calling from uh, Arthur Smith on the most important drive at the end of the game, the second to last drive that we had, where Mike Davis got the ball on three of three downs. Um, you got to think on that third. Uh, they were probably trying to go down the field a little bit, but you still scratch your head. Uh, wondering why on first and second down he was the guy to get the run with the performance that we had out of Patterson and Goldman. But other than that, we had an opportunity to win the game. Um, Matt Ryan showed out. Um, you had a lot of players step up and do some good things um, out there, uh, but it just wasn't quite enough from the defensive standpoint uh, to win the game. But, guys, uh, that is a wrap. Make sure you subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. Leave a five-star review if you like the show. If you don't like the show, leave a five-star review out of pity. You can follow me on Twitter at HeadsUpFalcons. You can follow me personally on Twitter at JBHATL. And you can follow me on Instagram at Atlanta Falcons Podcast. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Take it easy, guys.